Here we are once again for episode three. I'm Paul. And I'm Michelle. And welcome to the Spooky Spooky Coop. Welcome to the Spooky Coop. So, Michelle, I understand you have a new ghost story for us this week about the haunted house in Greenville. And this was a story that we got from the uh, ghost hunting society that originally went there, the NEPRS, or the Northeastern Paranormal Research Society. So, what have you got? Well, this is a really interesting story. Um, Like... Like uh, Paul said, it's actually from the um, the, rec- the Northeastern, any PRS anyway. We will have some pictures up on our Instagram about this as soon as we get our Instagram going. And this house was built in, the, I believe, the late 1600s. Very, very big house. One side of the house completely burned down and... A couple bought the house. They were rebuilding the side that burned down. When they were burning, when they were, they weren't burning it down. When they were rebuilding the side (laughs) of the house, it was arson. When they, well, they actually don't know how it burnt down. It burned down maybe a hundred years ago, and the house was bought and sold and bought and sold, and they didn't know why. Cursed house, (laughs) maybe. Their idea was to buy the house, refinish it, and turn it into a bed and breakfast. The um, problem was they couldn't get anyone to work in the part that was burned down. Every time they hired someone, the person would stay for a short period of time and leave. Why? Uh, Builders were saying... That you know, construction people would come in. They'd say they heard things, they saw people that weren't there, but mostly they had um, like felt people touch them or their equipment. Would oh, that's be, a little bit creepy. <laughs> yeah, their equipment would be where they didn't expect it to be. They had people hit them. One person. They got hit. Yeah, one person. His nose started bleeding. He Ouch. felt something hit him in the face, and his nose started bleeding. Anyway, was it, it like a nail gun or something? No, that, no, no. That would no be, it, he. You can only do and, that once. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, okay. nobody wanted to work there. The most that they got done was they had a whole bunch of junk moved from the upstairs, stuff that wasn't you know that was salvaged, uh, that wasn't quite ruined down to what would have been called the great room, you know, big, big room. It had, right. I think, yeah. I think it had like 12. That's a New England term, I believe. Really? I think it is just local to New England. The great room is one large room in a house, like you say. Oh, I don't know. Um, anyway, You're they from had... New England. I'm the out-of-towner here. <laughs> yeah, I think they use it down south, too. Oh, okay. Because when my sister moved down south, I think they called it the great room down uh-huh. where she lived. Anyway, they uh, moved a p- few pieces of furniture and stuff they thought they could salvage that was left in the house. Some of it had been left in the part that wasn't burnt. 
Uh, I don't know if they had the idea that they were going to put it back or whatever, but this is what they told us. Otherwise, they had the top parts of the house that were burnt out cleaned and reframed before they could not get anyone else in there. But they couldn't get any drywall, any plumbing, nothing done after that because it was too much. So the people looked around to get psychics in, to get other people in to clean the house. But what they had was some people would go in and leave right away, said, no, we can't handle this. Other people would go in, they would get pictures, and then they would leave, you know, they'd set up cameras overnight, and then they would say, yep, it's haunted, and then they would leave. And just leave. They didn't know what to do, or that was their thing. They would say, it's haunted, (laughs) and go home. Oh, yes, evil lives here. Nice to know you. See you later. Yeah, yeah, nice to know you. We got proof your house is haunted. Goodbye. Um, Or... Or or they get somebody who would smudge it or something, mm-hmm. and it smudge would it? seem, you know, like uh, use sweet grass and, ah, and stuff. A sweet grass smudging. Yeah, okay. it would seem okay for a few days, a week or something, and then whatever this was was very powerful and mm-hmm. would come back. So when she finally found her way to the NEPRS, they brought a sensitive with them, a person who... Um, could, like a psychic. Like a psychic, yeah. Um, a medium. Uh, yeah, yeah. Not an extra large, a medium. <sighs> Sorry, go ahead. They, <laughs> you're incorrigible. <laughs> anyway, when they when they brought her in, she wanted to see the lay of the land first mm-hmm. because I guess they just wanted to. She just wanted to make sure it was safe, psychically and physically. I mean, they're going into a place where. It had burned. And so when the owner brought her into the house, the first thing that they did was go into the great room. And it was summer, so the windows were all open. The owner told me this, and the NEPRS told me this, that when the sensitive got there, she felt somebody around, and she said to them, uh, why aren't you talking to me? Come and talk to me. You're, you're that afraid of me? And all the windows in the great room smashed down. Bang, oh. bang, bang, bang. The windows all banged down. Bang, bang, bang. And um, the owner ran out of the house. And I I'll guess, bet. yeah, I guess the psychic was quick following her. <laughs> then the, they were like, Okay, we really gotta, you know, do something about this. Then they decided to go back that night. Uh, I guess the owner was like, I guess you guys can do this, but um, be careful. (laughs) So they went back that night. Such confidence. (laughs) Well, you know, if I were the owner and that just happened, I'd be like... I'd have no confidence. <laughs> yeah, I'd be me. like, what's the insurance on this house? I think I'd... <laughs> it already burned down once. Yeah, it already burned down once. Anyway, they went back in with all their equipment and stuff. And when they went back in, they started getting... I guess all kinds of readings, all their equipment started flashing. I've seen a group of people like this go in with with equipment, and and it's a ton of stuff that they take in. Sensors, cameras, 
uh, infrared cameras, infrared, regular cameras. Um, the machine that goes ping and the works. Yeah, inf- um, EMF meters, uh, heat sensors, all that stuff. It's remarkable some of the, some of the data that they can collect with that equipment. Yeah, but this was even more. Yeah. Apparently, there's a, there was an old grandfather clock. Remember how I told yeah. you in that great room they had all this junk? There was an old grandfather clock, an antique grandfather clock. So it wasn't one of those newer ones that runs on batteries. Yep. It was this old, old antique one. And all the insides were missing. Like there were no weights. There were no counterweights. Empty it, clock. Yeah, an, an empty clock. The only thing on it was the... A clock without a chalk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like a dog without a tick. <laughs> anyway, this clock was like this heavy wooden clock. There was nothing inside of it. Mm-hmm. And it just had like a, a face on the clock. Nothing else connecting it, no batteries, no nothing. Mm-hmm. And once they started doing their work, the clock started bonging the half hour and chiming the hour. And I that's, guess... That's pretty bizarre. That, yeah, that's I guess there. they all swore by it. Every one of them and the owner swore Unless you have really trained mice, it's a high probability that was a paranormal event. Yeah, it would definitely yeah. was a paranormal <laughs> event. As they were working, you know, they went to different floors. They would hear banging, really loud banging wow. on any floor they were not on. So if they went to the second floor, this this building had four floors. I, one floor was like an attic. That's a big house. Yeah. That is a... Big, big house. So when they went, when they were on the first floor, they heard banging on the second floor. They went up to the second floor and there was banging on the third attic, down below them, etc., like right. that. Yeah. The psychic sensed all these different people there. And uh, finally, at one point, when they sat down and they tried to do a seance type of thing, right. the windows on that floor banged down. And the owner, they were getting orbs. And I know a lot of people don't, you know, think orbs are anything. But oh, you they, mean like those balls of light? That, yeah, those bo- yes. balls of light. They had gotten orbs against a window. They were outside the window. Mm-hmm. And they had orbs they were seeing without any cameras. They were seeing them without cameras. You know, they weren't just coming out in pictures. They had pictures, I guess. If we can get them, we'll put them up on uh, our Instagram and maybe on our Twitter once we have those platforms up and running of orbs actually entering the owner of the house and then flying out of her again. Oh, I bet they felt really comfortable after Oh, no, no, no. (laughs) Oh, my No, she didn't. She felt very bad. Yeah. Then finally, they reached this sort of demonic creature. Uh Uh-huh. And it was like the part that created the fire. And once they reached that, horrible things started happening right. in the house. What type like, of things? Things like things were moving. The glass that was on the seance because they did it with they did it with a glass. Right. Uh, smashed just flew and smashed. Nobody threw it. Nobody was touching it. Right. I mean, they weren't even doing the seance at that time. And it flew and it smashed. There was all kinds of 
crazy things, windows opening and closing. The few doors that were already up had been opening and closing. Uh, different people who were there started feeling very queasy and not well. But the worst part, the absolute worst part, was that the owner, the owner of the house started behaving funny. Funny. And, yeah, funny. She started sort of listlessly walking, Mm -hmm. and she seemed like she didn't really know what was going on. And then she started acting kind of viciously. And when she started acting rather viciously, she started talking, I would say... Um, the way they put it was like, <laughs> you this and <laughs> you that. And she was throwing things. Very dark and vile. Yeah, very dark and vile. And people didn't know what was going on. It was almost like, what are you on? You know, like, did she take something? And finally, she started screaming and started throwing herself around. And and she just started acting you know, like they were like, we got to get her out of this house. We got to get her out. She's having a terrible, terrible reaction. So they pulled her, it took like five of them. Now, this lady, this the owner was like, uh, I don't know, 45 year old little woman who was like, I don't know how they told me that she was like, like five feet one or five feet two. 45-year-old little lady, yeah. and it took like five of them to get her out of There's the house. you have to watch out for, you know and she, <laughs> But she was grabbing uh-huh. anything. She was grabbing at anything that they could. she could get her hands on, trying to whack anybody or hit anybody. It took five of them holding her to get her out of the house. And as they were bringing her out the front door because that was the closest door, the door slammed so hard behind them, the whole front end of the house seemed to shake. Wow. And when they got her out to the sidewalk, she was yelling and cursing. She was like, you Because <laughs> she was yelling that, and she was calling them all kinds of names. And finally, finally, the crew came out, one of them ran to their van, and the crew came out with this big golden cross they carry with them. And the cross had been blessed by like four different religions. I think they even had a rabbi bless it. I don't know. <laughs> I think they had a Hindu some, bless some it. Some religious Yeah, they've had everybody. I mean, okay. this is like supercharged. They brought it and they put it over her head and she started you know, she started screaming, and they started chanting this religious chant that they knew. And then all of a sudden, the the owner started convulsing, and she threw up. I kid you not, they swear that she threw up bright green, glow-in-the-dark vomit. Oh, and God, did they say that? Oh, did they save it? <laughs> they were all scared of it. Oh. You have somebody puke up bright, glow-in-the-dark green vomit after you put a cross on their forehead. I don't think they're going to sit there and go, hey, somebody get a jar. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I think they're okay, all... Okay, I'll grant them that. I'll yeah. give them that. If she was... Yeah, okay. Yeah. We, we don't need to be more vis- graphic than that. <laughs> no, no. I think that they were like, holy crap. Let's get the hell out of here. But um, one of them, for some, un- I want to say for some ungodly reason, but probably for some godly reason, had the forethought to take the cross and throw it down into the vomit, thinking that that was the demon. Okay. okay. Creative. Through this cross, probably costs as much as their van, I don't know. <laughs> Through this cross down into the vomit, and it just faded to, like, plain old vomit color, I guess. And then it it just what, seeped into the ground. What do you think Jesus thought about being thrown into a pile of this? I mean... <laughs> I don't know. I haven't asked... <laughs> Next time I'm at the Vatican, yeah, okay. um, I'll, I'll ask, okay? Anyway, so... Granted, it's that's horrible. I mean, that would freak anybody out, seeing somebody yeah, sick. Yeah, I guess the, the owner never wanted to go in the house again, needless to say, but the team went back into yeah. the house. Does she and, have a t-shirt now that says, never gargle with phosphorus? Okay. Yeah, and and, you know, she printed it on a neon green shirt. Shirt. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, she eventually went back in the house and uh, after, and then they uh, started rebuilding it. Right. But after it was all rebuilt and looked really nice, instead of turning it into a bed and breakfast, she sold it. And so the house now is yeah. sold. Uh, there is um, a horse farm not far from there. Right. And I think the people who own the house farm bought it, and they made it an extension where they've turned it into a place where people can stay and ride horses or something. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. But that was what I heard happened to it. It might be something different. Right. But I know that they, she was able to have it finished. Oh, and by the way, when the team went back in, the clock had stopped. It wasn't be, it wasn't uh, running anymore, but it had moved almost three and a half hours. Wow. Yeah. And, wow. It, but, and they checked again. There was no mechanisms in the clock. There was nothing to make the clock go. So that was the first story. We have a little time left, so I'm going to end the podcast with a really, really interesting story about the first UFO sighting in what's now Massachusetts. Back then, it was the Massachusetts Bay Colony, and it was written in 1639 by Governor John Winthrop. Almost 400 years. Yeah, almost 400 years. And it was in his formal diary. The date was March 1st, 1639. And if you want to go see this, I believe they actually have this at the Library of Congress. And he wrote in his diary, and I'm going to quote it. He said, a sober and discreet man named James Everall was rowing a boat up the muddy river at night when he saw great lights in the sky. When it stood still, it flared up and was about three yards square. When it ran, it concentrated into a figure 
of a swine. A swine. Mm, a pigs swine. can fly. <laughs> it it concentrated into a figure of a swine. Now I don't know if swine had a different meaning there, but mm-hmm. it was four hundred years ago. And yeah. the nomenclature does it ran swift change. as an arrow towards Charlton, which now is called Charleston, which is a, a suburb of Boston or a city around Boston. And so up and down it went about two or three hours. Wow. Yep. When the light was gone, Everill's boat, which had headed downstream, and I think he actually meant upstream, which had headed downstream with the river current, found itself more than a mile upstream. None aboard had any memory of the way they had arrived. That's a fascinating, fascinating story from almost 400 years ago of people with missing time. Yeah, you know, actually, if you go back to the earliest tapestries in the 1300s that are hanging on walls, you will see pictures of people flying that they've put in those tapestries, little people flying on ships in the sky. I've seen some look exactly the way you would picture somebody drawing a UFO. Right. Um, historians might tell you, oh, those are comets, and they believe that, uh, you know, the souls of people flew on comets. But, you know, they can be interpreted yeah, many ways. Right. There are a lot of people who believe that they are aliens. Mm-hmm. And, of course, there are very old sculptures of people who've seen in the old, old writings and old, old paintings, things that look very much like what we see as gray aliens. People with big eyes. Yeah, yeah. Was it the Arabian coffee? Have you ever had that? No, I I only like iced coffee. coffee. It's enough to make your eyes get five times their normal size. Yeah, talking about... But I would go with the alien version. Talking about big black eyes, we have a show that we're putting together for the future about how demons can affect... People, how how deadly demons I work. I hate those guys. I know you hate those guys. How, but how one, deadly oh, yeah. demons work. Not just demons that affect houses, but how demons who want to kill affect people and how some of the biggest serial killers may wow. indeed have been demon-possessed. That's fascinating. The facts about how those demons work and how they may apply to some of the biggest serial killers, you know, putting those all those facts together. You mean like how Ted Bundy's eyes would go black when he talked about his Yeah, parents. not yeah. just Ted Bundy, but other serial killers right. and the, the way that they handled things, the way that they looked, the way that they talked, the way that they killed. It's going to be really fascinating, guys. We're working on that right now, so hang tight, all right? Be around, look for our stuff. Pretty soon we're going to be putting our photos on... Instagram. And on... Twitter. Twitter, yeah. (laughs) We're getting all that done in time, and we love you guys. We'll see you on next week's podcast. And so, that's it for now. And we hope to see you soon in the... Spooky Spooky Coop. Coop. (laughs) 